the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't miss the San Francisco Money Show, August 23rd through 25th at the San Francisco Marriott Marquis. Visit SanFranciscoMoneyShow.com. Big sponsor on KDOW. You can find more information at KDOW.biz. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Delta in the news. We'll talk about them a little bit later. We'll also talk about the stock market and the economy. We'll talk about investing. Um, another day, another record high. It's remarkable. The Bank of England held off on cutting its bank rate, showing the Brits are just full of surprises. You silly Brits. People have been expecting a rate cut, the carrot for the Market, though, was the indication. Most members of the community expect monetary policy to be loosened in August. So it's coming. World banks continue to keep interest rates low. And it's tough to find a country or a region that doesn't play this game at this point in time. It helps keep those countries competitive with each other on trading and currency. Uh, translations, I don't like it. It's a bad way to go. It's instead of going to the gym and working out for two to three hours a day, it's taking a pill. And I don't think you're going to get into great shape by just taking a pill. It's, it's bad policy. So the Bank of England did nothing to take the stimulus punch bowl from us. So um, they're raising the roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. Uh, very much so party in like 1999. The, the punch bowl has been spiked for too long. You ever been at a point where you've been, I don't want to say a bender because that makes me sound like a drunk, but have you ever been at the point where you're, you're just like, eh, I'm going to take a day off. 
you kind of wish the markets had that ability with interest rates, but they don't. But than expected earnings results from J.P. Morgan Chase, from Yum Brands, that's really good news because we're in earnings season and what we really need to justify these market highs is better than expected results. So um, that's positive. I'll go with it. So the economic data has been pretty good recently. I would say it's uplifting. The initial claims of the week ending July 9th were unchanged at 254,000. That's the 71st straight week. The initial claims have come below 300,000. And any number under 350 or 400,000 is a pretty good number, all things considered. So with that in mind, we're going to have to raise interest rates at some point in time if this economic data continues to be good in the U.S., and then the party, the punch bowl leaves. Ma'am, bring back the punch bowl. We'll be very upset when Grandma Janet Yellen takes the punch bowl away. The PPI report, producer price index, revealed a half of 1% increase for final demand. That's good. It was driven by a jump in prices for final demand services. The index for final demand goods increased eight tenths of a percent. Um, so there's some inflation. It's it's a good amount of inflation. It's tough to say that because inflation's like a dirty word on Wall Street parlance. So, but it's okay. It's it's it's, it's a good amount. It's a, sometimes you kind of want it Goldilocksian, not too hot, not too cold. Treasury market, which was exhibiting some weakness prior to the data. Soften further in the wake. Ten-year Treasury has climbed six basis points back to 1.54 percent. A couple Fridays ago, holy shnikes, we were at 1.36. Now we're at 1.54. So the refi window—it's not closing, but it dropped a lot. So, and I'm happy to say I got a lock put in. So it's hard to say that money is flowing out of the bond market and the stock market. Because uh, this is just, just not that much at this point in time. Are you with me? So stocks not newer highs. Um, better than expected earnings from J.P. Morgan Chase, a good bank. Banks are showing us that they have more ways to make money than they than we think. The historic post Brexit exit. Uh, post Brexit exit. Blech, right. Post Brexit. How like rally on Wall Street. It. Uh, continues. So, um, Wednesday, the market was up. Record close, 18372 Investors get a boost from the strong profit reports. Again, a bank's a good one to, to eyeball. A big bank like J.P. Morgan. It's the second largest bank by assets. Easily beating expectations. So, that's kind of a nice thing. You know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to lie to you and say, woo, party, party, party. Um, but it's, it's, it's good. How much money do you think you're going to need to live off in retirement? The estimated median annual household income amongst retirees. What do you think the estimated median annual household income is? It's $32,000. More than half of retirees live on less than $50,000. 
could you live off 32000 to $50,000 in retirement? A lot of retirees do. So, um, financially speaking, I think you should have that kind of close to an answer in your head. Um, living on limited means is not easy. Uh, say living on a modest income is possible, but it's not without its challenges. There's a security guard here at Cron where I work in the morning television that he's clearly here because, well, not because of the money, but because he's being social and he's still got something to give and I guess he still likes getting up. But he's got to be 75 plus. Um, brings into a question how secure is a security guard that's 75 plus, but that's a whole nother question, right? But that's me. If I don't have enough money in retirement, I'm going to try to keep a job as long as I can. And by enough, I'm saying, like, I don't want to live off 32000 to 50000 a year. I want more. One key to living on a modest income in retirement, you know, no mortgage. A lot of people want to pay off that mortgage. When I'm younger, pre-retirement, I want the lowest cost mortgage possible because I want to save as many assets as possible on, in a pile. Nearly 70% of homeowners over 75 have paid off their mortgages. Well, a third of those, 55 to 64, have not. Um, so I think that's pretty important with or without the burden of a mortgage. You know, suddenly 32000 50000 looks a little bit easier. That mortgage payment's a big nut. It's a big thing to chew on, per se, as far as your income goes. So you keep an eyeball on that in your younger, but you try to save as much as you can on the side. You want to keep your health care costs down in retirement because that'll eat up a lot of your $32,000 a month. A lot. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Mortgage refinances surged 11% as rates dropped to a three-year low. If you're over 4% on a mortgage, you should consider looking into a refinance. Not saying you should do it, saying you should look into it. There's no harm in that. Um, it's like getting a proposal, a business proposal. You'll learn a lot. You don't have to sign. You can just take a look at the proposal and uh, figure out where you are. Good person to do referrals or refinances, my friend Tony Mendez. He's someone I ultimately trust to give you really smart financial advice as well as the mortgage program, not just someone who's processing a loan for you. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, talk a little Bay Area real estate. Tony Mendez, com. Morning. Morning. How are you? I'm well. So your phone's ringing a lot right now because obviously interest rates have dropped and I thought I was done. You know, I honestly thought that the house that I live in was on its last mortgage ever. I was pretty happy with a 3.8% rate, but then... You know, I was able to drop it 40, 50 basis points, and that cash flow that I could save on a monthly basis and put into assets, I find attractive. Um, I could still pay it off over 30 years. I could still turn it into a rental, but at a lower cost, monthly cost uh, of an outflow. I could still put the money aside and pay it off whenever I want to. Yeah, you had a couple of alternatives um, yeah. with the lower rate, and that is, one, you could have done a shorter term, and, and, and your payment may have gone up a little bit. But you would have paid off the house quicker, but you chose to take the lower rate and extend it back another 30 years and then pocket the money. Right. Um, so those are some of the scenarios that a lot of people are looking at right now and which one makes sense. Um, there's going to be a lot of, of advertisements on the air. There's going to be a lot of flyers in the mail. Uh, I guess people still get flyers. A lot of advertisements everywhere about refinancing. Just be careful. Um, I think that um, the the best thing you can do is just run. make sure you run the numbers and just don't get too emotional about just a drop in interest rate. I've seen where 1% drop in interest rate for a client didn't make sense. Um, and, yeah, that, that is true because of his situation. And you're going to be different than the, your neighbor, and your neighbor is going to be different from their neighbor. So be very careful about what you hear. That's the first thing that I would like to say. And, and the other thing, too, that we, we actually talked about this last night is um, these low rates aren't for everybody. Um, you, this is a credit-based uh, industry. Yeah, and you have to have a low credit score. I'm sorry, a high credit score to get the low interest rates. And if you're not out there checking your credit and, and improving your credit, and, and at least getting a free copy of your credit report, you, you, you know, there's less than 50 percent of the people out there actually know what their credit score is, uh, which I think is amazing. Um, I think it's an injustice you're doing to yourself, uh, and especially if you're looking at a transaction, you might be renting, and the last that may be the last time you pulled your credit, and the landlord gave you, a, you know, a lease and for one year, and and that might be the last time you've seen your credit. Could be two or three years. You need to you, look you at your credit. You recently pulled my credit, and people can find their credit score by going to something like creditkarma.com or annualcreditreport.com annualcreditreport. or directly to the bureaus. A lot of your banks now offer free credit scores, things like that. But you pulled my credit, and we had a kind of a fun conversation about it. You're like, why are there so many inquiries? Because I basically got a car loan, and well, the dealership decided to run my credit 15 different times through 15 different banks, which was not cool. Uh, yeah, I found a, that kind of letters being written about that. Yeah, and, and that actually knocked your score down um, oh, a little points. bit. Yeah, yeah um, because of how many times they ran it, even though it's the same industry. But what also will will add up is that you you ran it in a different industry, which now now you're doing a mortgage, so that your score could theoretically drop because of that as well. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not all that concerned about credit but, scores. But we also found that at some point somebody used your a different address on your. Oh, well, yeah, I already knew that. Things one. like that. Should I, should I clean that up? Because that happened 10, 15 years I don't know if ago. you can. I don't know if it's hurting you. Yeah, I don't think it's hurting um, If it is, it's a very small percent. But it does show you that even people like you who work in the finance industry and, and have a contact with your, your credit score at least every six months still have issues that show up on the credit report. And if you're not looking at your credit report, you have no idea what's on there. You don't know if your identity has been stolen. I actually had a client that had a... Uh, their identity stolen, somebody got a credit card in their name, was actually making the payments on that credit card, but it was helping this person's credit. And they said, well, I'm just going to leave it there. They're making the payments. And their credit score was going up because this person who had stole the credit card was making the payments. 
Um, so you, you definitely want to check your credit. But be, there's a big difference. My credit report had all sorts of mistakes on it. Yeah. Not only did it have that wrong address, which was someone basically stole a credit card and it had different names, sent Amazon it, different names for your employer, it had yeah. different names, had typos. Had, yep. So those can they, they add up as far as uh, and, and you can try to correct these with the bureaus themselves. And each entry on your credit report will tell you which bureau out of the three is reporting that mistake, and you can contact them and fix it. Okay. Sounds like work, and you know it what? Is. I gotta I gotta lie around and eat Cheetos this weekend. So I'm not writing letters. Who writes letters? So anyway, there was also a report out this week that home prices are rising faster than wages in most of the United States, making home ownership increasingly difficult for the average Americans in some of the most populous areas of the country. Um, the landlord state got, gets stronger, in my opinion, with lower interest rates, because if they refinance like I'm suggesting people do, suddenly you can turn it into a rental pretty cheap later in life. Yeah, that's a good point that, uh, you know, even... Even if you've been in a good mortgage, a good rate for a period of time, if you plan on keeping that property as a rental, you may as well shore up those finances now at a low interest rate, and that's just going to be positive cash flow down the road. Yep. Um, people, people should start thinking five years, ten years out instead of just what we were doing back in 2005 and six and seven, where they were looking at what was the lowest payment I could get, regardless of, the, of what happened two or three years down the road. Just to show you how unaffordable things are in the world, if you want to buy a house in New York City, Brooklyn, Manhattan, or in San Francisco, you need to spend about 120% of the average wage on a mortgage payment. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Again, he's done numerous loans for me, and he's done the points conversation where I actually don't have to think. He just says, do this, trust me. I like lenders like that. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. And we're moving towards back-to-school season, which, holy, shnikes, don't we just hit summer? Um, Back-to-school goods are seen lifting July imports in the United States at our ports. Um, A small but significant increase, a little bit more jobs uh, at our nation's top seaports, everything from apparel and accessories to school supplies. Back-to-school and the holidays are two of the biggest shopping seasons of the year for retailers. We just got done with Amazon Prime Day after a year of difficult comparisons uh, in the wake of last year's West Coast port slowdowns. We're starting to see some normalized trends. So the port tracker is something that you should let people like me take a look at. And if you have time for it, oh, you got some extra time on your hands. But the port of Long Beach, the nation's second busiest seaport after L.A., reported imports led to a 3.4% rise in June monthly volumes at the Southern California port. Um, That's a good number. That's telling us that there's some good economic activity going on. Some do-re-mi, if you will. Um, So we've got that going, which is nice. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter, robblackshow. Don't forget to sign up for the event coming up on the 28th of July in Burlingame, tied towards income and retirement. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. Black now. 800 
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I've got a big event coming up. Big event being speaking opportunity. Get to see you and get to meet you. Talking 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning in Burlingame on July 28th. So it's a couple weeks away, a little bit more, but it's time to sign up is now. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton, talk a little bit about this. How are you, Mr. Burton? Excellent. How are you? I'm well. Uh, the big recent event that you can't avoid was the Brexit. Um, you'll be speaking at the event um, coming up, the 10 Pillars Retirement Income Planning Seminar, Burlingame, California. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. How did Brexit throw you a curveball, or what happened when it hit, so to speak? Well, I mean, as we've seen from the market, it's been in terms of values of stocks, it's been a bit of a non-event by this point, so it created some fear, which usually creates some opportunity. But um, really what it's done is, it's it's going to continue to make retirement more expensive, and here's why. We've got these politicians around the world that you're seeing, you know, divide in country after country. Whether it's even Australia, that their election was so close, they're having to kind of redo it. You've got you know the parliament in Britain. You you saw the prime minister resign today, and only half of people stood up and clapped as he you know had his last day. And you see what's going on in the United States. And and so central banks have had to kind of take control of the reins a little bit to try to stimulate the economy because these people can't come together. They can't cross the aisle, come to the negotiation, and find fiscal stimulus. So until then, it's kind of made retirement more expensive. And I'll tell you why. It's because we're seeing central banks continue to lower interest rates around the world. And we're going to see it fall a bit more, more than likely, because the ECB is going to have to step in with even more stimulus in order to kind of make up in the Eurozone what Britain was contributing prior to the uh, the Brexit, the whole UK, really. So it's going to kind of slow things down in that area where who knows if the European unions will escape recession or not. It doesn't really matter. It really comes down to interest rates, Rob, because you know, as people retire, they don't have 100% stocks, right? They've got a lot of bonds, a lot of CDs. And those rates continue to come down. So while our stocks have gone up and our mortgage payments have gone down um, for people that can refinance, people that live off of a fixed income are going to continue to see lower and lower interest rates. And, um, you know, in the near future, not forever, but for the next four or five years at least, right? So, I mean, have you, have you kind of thought about how this also affects insurance companies much? I have not, but... I love the idea of low interest rates in my world of like mortgages and corporate borrowing, but I hate the idea of interest rates in the world of I'm old, I have money in the bank. Yep. Um, but how does it affect, per se, insurance companies? Well, insurance companies, they take your premiums, and in order to achieve higher ratings, they have to keep a good portion of that in very high-rated bonds and a lot of those government bonds. And when you're having countries like Japan go negative interest rates on their overnight lending and, and basically their, their sovereign bonds, their government-issued bonds, 
you know, at, at or near zero, like even in Germany, insurance companies are really struggling to maintain profits. And so what's going to happen if they struggle to maintain profits? They're going to raise rates, right? They're going to raise our right. premiums. So if you, a significant portion of your retirement income goes to health insurance costs, dental costs, and things like that. Um, auto insurance, that's, that, you know, you still have to have homeowner's insurance. I would not be surprised if we start seeing rate increases in those areas. And so I think the central banks are starting to fail. I think this negative interest rate thing is ridiculous. I think central banks have to go back to the governments and say, you guys got to come together and create fiscal stimulus and, and better tax situations so that businesses can grow and hire because they're actually creating, Rob, more uncertainty for the long term, in my opinion. So, and that makes it so if you're looking at insurance companies to invest, I'd be very, very careful until we can see some, you know, clarity on how they're going to maintain profit margins in light of lower for longer interest rates. So where do you think this all ends? Um, Will we ever see what were interest rates of our childhood? Will we ever see normalized interest rates ever again? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I I totally believe we will because I'm a big believer in things return to the mean. How long that takes, I don't know. Is it four or five years or or ten? I mean, you can still project over the long term on your retirement portfolios. Um, The issue is is that if rates remain low for the next four or five years in your retirement, you have to be careful and watch your spending and, and delay your increases due to inflation potentially. Or if you're planning on retiring, you might want to retire with a bit more and really do careful calculations with conservative growth rates on things like bonds and and even stocks for the next couple of years just because a lot of the money, a lot of the jump that we're seeing in the stock market, I feel, is just money from overseas coming here as a place to hide versus the uncertainty that's in the Eurozone right now. Um, And low interest rates are also, like you mentioned, corporations are issuing bonds and, and buying back stocks with the money. So it's kind of pulling forward some of the future gains that are there. Now, I'm very positive that we will get some sort of a fiscal package in the next, um, you know, four to eight years and that the tax code will be revamped. And I'm very positive on the massive amount of innovation and science, healthcare, and technology that's all coming together right now. So I think there's going to be real places of growth to invest in. But I think lower interest rates, and more volatility is what people need to brace themselves for and much more careful financial planning calculations when it comes to retirement. So we're doing a 10 pillars of retirement income planning seminar in Burlingame on July 28th. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. There's tons, I mean, tons of good downloads at newfocusfinancial.com, even on the 10 pillars. I want to come up with an 11th pillar of retirement income planning. I want to marry Taylor Swift. Good pillar, bad pillar. She made $170 million last year. That's a good That's a good pillar. I just have a problem with, you know, uneven numbers. Like, just odd numbers and pillars. It just doesn't, I don't know. I think I think we need two more <laughs> for that. How about I marry Taylor Swift, divorce her, take half her money, and then you marry me, divorce me, and take half my money. We'll both be okay. <laughs> Yes, yeah, there's your 12 pillars. I about this yesterday, too, on, on, on this uh, Tuesday show. At the 2 o'clock, you can get the podcast at chadburton.com. But um, how same-sex couples that have 
decided to get married, how they're getting sticker shock on taxes. Um, how, and a lot of this comes to do when lower income, you know, the person that's had a low income marries somebody with a high income and they're seeing the marriage penalties, the AMP taxes and things like that. So it's, it's a careful consideration. Rob. If we get married, we got to figure out how that would affect our taxes. I never thought we would use the phrase, <laughs> we get married. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll with that being it, said. I'll run it by my wife and kids too. I don't know if that would fly. With that being said, Chad, I think it's, it's worthy of mentioning there taxes and retirement are something that people totally forget about because we think about taxes with our paycheck and I'm offended by how much tax I pay, whether it's a state income, social security, federal. Um, how did taxes play into your 10 pillars as far as uh, any of the 10 pillars named after taxes? Yep. It's you got to fight the IRA tax trap. So when you're working, you always try to say, how am I going to pay the least amount of taxes this year? In retirement, how do you pay the least amount of taxes blended over time since you're going to be retired and living off that same pool of money for 35-plus years? So there's at age 70 and a half, you have a required minimum distribution, and if you put that off and do it the wrong way, it can cause higher taxes on your Social Security. It can cause situations where if you need to withdraw 20000 to remodel your house, you're going to have to pull out forty to pay the taxes and then have the twenty left over to remodel your home. So you gotta you gotta really do careful tax calculations too. It even plays into uh, can you afford to retire? Because somebody that has a million dollar IRA that hasn't been taxed yet is in a much different situation than somebody has a million dollar taxable account that you know has a six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollar cost basis. That person will pay hardly any in taxes. So it, everybody's different when it comes to taxes. So speaking about income and retirement, the markets are hitting fresh record highs. And the last time we hit these highs, last August, I believe, it was led by biotech and tech. This time it's being led by telecom and utilities and oil. Are you worried about market highs and how you may be choosing income stocks for fresh retirees, not people who currently have had a huge run-up? Um, in their dividend-paying stocks. What would a, a fresh retiree think of when it comes to dividend stocks? Well, it's the same thing. It's, you know, where is that dividend coming from? What's the free cash flow look like? Okay. Um, how is the dividend pe- being supported? And what does the debt look like? I mean, if they're continuing to grow their debt in order to increase their dividend payout, that looks horrible. And I wouldn't want to touch that stock with a 10-foot pole. Because what they're trying to do is kind of disguise themselves as an income oriented stock um, versus a growing company that's returning capital to shareholders. Uh, so there's a lot of great stocks out there. There's typically about 250 stocks on our screen that that come through as dividend achiever stocks, and we tend to pick about 20 to 25 of those. Um, gotcha. So there are, they are out there, but there's a lot of income-paying stocks that have you know yields over 3% that are really just a mess debt-wise. So you have to be careful in using stocks to chase income here's my retirement pillar taking us to a break taylor swift thanks very much cfp chad burton you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com that's newfocusfinancial.com a lot of good downloads big seminar coming up on the 28th sign up at newfocusfinancial.com i got guns in my head and they won't go Spirits in my head and they won't go. I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't. 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Indulge me on occasion. Taking a look at the markets today. We hit record highs yesterday. We hit record highs today in the Dow and the S&P 500. Uh, party? Like it's 1999? Nah. I don't want you to think it like that. <sighs> Excuse me. I know. Is it Friday yet? Um... I don't like the rally that we're having on Wall Street. I like that we're at record highs, sure. But I don't like the reason why we're at record highs. Um, to me, it feels a bit premature based on revenues and earnings. But I'm not going to knock it. Don't knock it till you try it. So, some top stories of the day. Weekly jobless claims totaled 254,000. It's a good number. Check. Um, we're not firing a lot of people. We're hiring enough. We're not firing too many people. Tesla's killing off its guarantee of the Model S resale value. This is one of those stories when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember some sort of BS that Elon Musk was throwing out there a couple years ago. That when you bought your Tesla, he would guarantee that you could trade it back in and have a higher value than um, like BMWs or something along those lines. I, I kind of remember that, right? They said the program was discontinued so we can keep interest rates as low as possible, offering compelling lease and loan programs to customers. If you'd financed your Model S through Tesla, it guaranteed that Tesla would buy back the car at a minimum preset value after three years. In some cases, at least 50% of the car's base price was offered in April 2013, largely to kind of calm people down about early adopter fears and ensure those buyers of their Model S uh, vehicles would hold value in case sales tanked or other problems rose. The program allowed buyers to sell their cars back to Tesla at the guaranteed price between 36 and 39 months after purchase. The cars first sold on the program are now available. And they kill the program. Fascinating, right? I'm not going to start saying liar, liar, pants on fire. But Elon Musk is some of the things. It's just not his day. I guess is the right way of saying that. Um, speaking of which, whose day is it today? Uh, well, it's certainly not Elon Musk's or VW's. Uh, Volkswagen, Volkswagen, 
California's Air Quality Authority said today that they've rejected, looks like it's a group plan, to recall and repair 16,000 of its polluting vehicles with six-cylinder, three-liter clean diesel engines. The EPA, which has been acting in concert with the California Air Resources Board, issued its statement saying that it also finds VW's plan to be incomplete. There's about 85,000 VW vehicles with three-liter diesel engines in some form, shape, or model from 2009 to 2016. Um, fascinating. It's almost, if VW drags this out long enough, everyone's car will have died or been sold. Um, but they're not meeting the standards. Would you ever buy a VW again, or is it tainted? Baby, baby, where did our love go? So it's kind of tainted love, right? I'd never buy a VW after the scandal. It just it kind of gives me the, me the EVGBs to think that like, would they be willing to lie about what their car can and can't do? What else are they willing to do? Starbucks is going all upscale on us. Hoity toity. Um, Starbucks is making a relationship with a high-end Italian bakery and pizzeria, Princi, that allows it to develop and operate all new Princi locations outside of Italy, including the United States, and to offer Princi baked goods in Starbucks. So, very hoity-toity. Starbucks is trying to overcome its reputation as mass coffee and trying to compete with likes of Stumptown and Intelligentsia. By offering single origin coffees in supermarkets, improving some of their food, and opening a massive coffee shop in Seattle where coffee is roasted actually on the spot. They're trying to make a higher level of product. I like Starbucks. Uh, for the long term patient investor, it's A OK. Uh, if you do the crime, you're going to have to do the time. Netflix and HBO, and have you ever lent a friend your password? It's now a federal crime. So if you have Netflix or HBO, if you lend your friend a password, my login is. <laughs> I, have to, I have to tell myself, don't say, don't finish that sentence, Rob. Uh, sharing passwords is technically a federal crime now. Um, but Netflix and HBO are kind of shrugging it off. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals last week ruled that sharing online passwords is a crime prosecutable under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, heavily tied towards corporations that, you know, you've been locked out of a computer system. If you use your buddy's password, it's a federal crime. Netflix said in the past it doesn't track the number of people sharing account passwords because it's difficult to do. I know a lot of people do that, surprisingly. I, a lot, all my friends are criminals. They share Netflix passwords. They should go to jail. Throw the book at them. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You can find a little bit more information about my seminar coming up in Burling Game on the 28th of July. It's Thursday evening at robblackshow.com. Don't you leave me no more. I've got 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.